The Michael K. Show. Alan Hahn. Not getting Donovan Mitchell. How about that decision? Because it's R.J. Barrett and Quentin Grimes with two players you didn't want to put in that deal, plus the first-round picks. Does Jalen Brunson become what he is if Donovan Mitchell is here and playing next to him? Now, do you get O.G. Ananobi? You probably can't. Can you do a move like this? Are you involved in something this summer because some of the assets are already gone? There's a lot of things that they also didn't do that we criticize that now you look back and think their patience, which is something we're so bad at here in New York, has worked out to this point that has gotten them to where people on the national media are now acknowledging this Nick franchise. People used to laugh at this franchise. They are now saying that this team is building itself into a contender, and we haven't said that in a very long time. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Kidding me? What a day here in New York. What a day. The Knicks with a big trade may make themselves better. Yeah. They are better. And isn't that all you want is to be better? You wake up every day. Peter, you want to be better, right? Well, that's why I go to BetterHelp, code Peter, to right. try to make myself better. But, yeah, no, it's, it's a good day to be a Knicks fan. It's a good day to be a WWE fan. The big press conference tonight at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas uh, with The Rock and Cody and Roman all getting together. I'm, I'm thrilled about this. Now, I, I was you know, eavesdropping on a conversation that you were having earlier. So The Rock was on with the great Pat McAfee. Of course. Did, did he kind of lean into this? He, he, oh, we have it. You want to hear oh, it? Well, if, right. it's, if it's long, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's, it's pretty entertaining, though. Let me, put, right. let me put it this way. Relative to the audio that we play on this show, you're going to like this. All right. Here we go. I love Cody. I love his passionate fans. Then there's the other passionate uh-huh. fans yeah. of Cody. Yep. And they're called the, uh, what's that? Oh, Cody Crybabies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Called. All right. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I didn't, I didn't know the name that was coming. It was God. the Cody Crybabies. Yeah, okay. And these are grown ass men. And uh, Cody got to finish his story. He got to finish <laughs> yes. his story right now. It's like, wait a second. Hold on. Hey, Dad, you want to go outside and play catch with me? Not now. Cody's got to finish. And I'm upset. The wife comes in. Hey, honey, do you want to go have sex? Not now! You've got to story! At the end of the day, See, he's look, you got the Cody cry uh, To making the- fun of the Cody fans. Right. And, and so it makes you think... Maybe tonight we're going to see a, a different version of Rock. But So why doesn't Cody fight Rock then? Well, maybe we'll get that. Maybe they'll flip the switch. Now, does anybody know. have two matches in one WrestleMania? So let Cody fight Rock, and the winner of that could fight. You know, you know, Michael, for a guy who's not into wrestling, right. you're saying something a lot of people are thinking. But I'm into stories. Right. So, so, the, so a lot of people are suggesting and, and, and hope for a situation where there's a match one night and a match the second night. Maybe the winner of the one the first night Can the body handle gets that? the winner. Can the body handle that? You hope so. I mean, listen, the truth is you never know. Like, that is the scary part. You don't know. Like, something could happen. Well, you can end one of the matches early with one of those carelessly leftover ladders there. You can't do that at WrestleMania. No? You can't just have a a random DQ at WrestleMania. (laughs) It's too much. But because WrestleMania is two nights now, as it has been for the last uh, five years or so. Will you be there? What do you think? Come I don't on. know. Why do you, when why you, I ask that? I'm going to be there both nights. Okay. I'm doing a live Cheap Heat on Thursday and where night. where is that? That's in Philadelphia. Okay. The Cheap Heat Live, it's at Fringe Arts uh, in Philadelphia. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. On Thursday night. I'm going to have special guests. What it's time be great. is it? What day is it? It's Thursday, April 4th. I'm working. Oh, so, so no, no, really. I'll be, I'll be in Phoenix. Is that where it's, yeah, it's Yankees, Arizona? Phoenix, yeah. Oh, you throw out the record books when the D-backs and the Yankees well, get Wait a minute. It is, you know, the, there is the 2001 World Series. I'm sure that'll come up in conversation. I mean, I don't know if you remember, the D-backs were in the World Series last year. Yeah, but nobody remembers. <laughs> but 
by the way. Well, more people remember the 0-1 team. Yeah, last did, year's they, did, they, did they? They had a World Series last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, they did. Yes. I was so out so fast. That was tough. It's like most of the interviews. We know right away when you're out. Anyways, I say all of that to say it's a big week in Vegas. I love that WWE decided to do it at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas while everyone's already there for Radio smart. Row. Yeah. It's really smart. And you know the media's got to be bored already. How many how many times can you hear Thurman Thomas try to hawk soap? You know what I mean? They're probably ready for something different by Thursday yeah. night. I, I got to tell you what. You know, you brought up Vegas. And, you know, driving, I was thinking, okay, we're going to talk to Lou Lamorello. That's great. And I said, there's no buzz coming out of Vegas. There's no storylines. And, and, you know, maybe... Maybe it's because you know, there's no New York involvement at all, so there's no storylines for us. I mean, we could debate, is Brock Purdy you know, you know, an elite quarterback? I don't think he is. A lot of people will say he is. But there's really no story. So well, we will talk to Lou Lamarillo. We will talk to, uh, to Aaron Boone. But what, what's got your – is anything floating your boat coming no. out of the Super Bowl? Uh, listen, because I, 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 from a New York perspective, it seems like everybody's kind of tired – of Kansas City the way they were of New England. It's getting to that point now where, like, it's every year. It's Kansas City. It's Patrick Mahomes. So, other, And he's not to the level yet where you're going to start talking about comparing him to Tom Brady. Well, people are. But he wins this one. Away. They definitely he's are. Five it's away. still a long way to go. But still, you're, you're talking about uh, I think his legacy is kind of, you know, pretty comfortable right now. But, you know, another championship obviously would add to that. Same with Andy Reid. And San Francisco – even though they haven't won recently, it's it's the same matchup from a couple of years ago. San Francisco's kind of been there. The Purdy is an interesting story, but the 49ers have won a ton of championships. And I don't think anybody's really don't you think, Don, that's thrilled with either of the two teams. Don't you think it's interesting, kind of a mouthful, that, as Don just said, these two teams played in 2020, four years ago. I feel like that's barely even been talked about. Like, even though they just played in the Super Bowl, there's still no juice but between the, these two teams. Because the quarterback was different for the Niners then. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it just doesn't make it well, seem like, uh, like well, who's, so it doesn't even seem like the same team. And, right. and, and part of what you sell a Super Bowl on is, you know, there's a David, there's a David and a Goliath. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. I, I don't sense that here. Neither team is an underdog per se. I mean, you can't say can't, even though Kansas City is the true underdog by a point and a half, but they're the defending Super Bowl champions. 49ers were a machine all year. So if Detroit were here, then you would have, like, uh, I think it would be a sexier kind of conversation about can the Lions actually do it. Don't you think the if the Lions were there, we would have been talking about the Super Bowl even more this Probably. week? Probably. Yes. I mean, you could sink your teeth into that. And I also love when people are trying, well, can the, can the Chiefs, uh, you know, be these the underdog that wins the underdog. Yeah, it, I mean it's the Giants beating the Patriots. That was an underdog. That was an, if the Chiefs win, it's not an upset. No, no a it's point an, and it's a half a, is not like a. It's an evenly matched game. So you would think that, that that'd be enough to kind of talk about. But you know, as I mentioned, they they, they faced each other in 2020. Um, I think the game can be a classic, and there'll be a lot of conversation after if it is a classic. Yes, but man, think about it. If this were Lions Ravens. There'd be so many storylines of being able to have the Lions trying to win their first. Lamar and Lamar Jackson, Jackson yeah. trying to win his first. And th- there would be some a freshness to it. But when you get a 49er team in the Super Bowl and now recently a Kansas City team in the Super Bowl, it does feel a little tired. Yeah, it's, 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 it should be a great game. Yeah, uh, you know it really should be, and I, I'm vacillating back and forth on my pick based on sort of what I think versus what my my brain is telling me. I do think we'll see a pretty good football game. So you don't think with your brain? 
Well, I was going to say heart, but it's not stomach. quite heart. Stomach. Yeah, maybe it's stomach. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's I'm, better. My, 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 no, my stomach is actually saying Chiefs. Okay. My brain is looking at the line and going, this is weird. It's going to be San Francisco. And that's where I think I'm going to end up landing. I, I do think we're going to get a really good game. You, you said, Dom, there's really no like good guy and bad guy. I would argue if there's anything, one of the things that makes it unappealing is if you're not from San Francisco or Kansas City, they're both bad guys. Right, exactly. If you're, an NFC, I mean. if you're an NFC fan, right. 49ers kill you every year. And then, and you know who you really got to feel bad for? Of a true fan, a true fan of the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders have their crosstown rival historically, the 49ers, who they hate in the Super Bowl, against their division rival who owns them, the Chiefs, yeah. in their stadium. Where they have not accomplished a thing. Let, That's let, brutal. Let me add some. Let's see if you follow me on this, Don. Let me add some intrigue to your pick. It almost seems like, like the two thousand. Um, uh, I guess it was the two thousand and one Mariners that won one hundred and sixteen games. Yes, they didn't win the World Series. If you don't pick the Super Bowl right, the whole thing is invalid. Ooh. Oh my! God. I mean, you got to validate your championship. If not, I, it means I mean, nothing. Listen, I would love to climb aboard that uh, that ship. But uh, I, I, split, I split the championship weekend. It's, it no, is it's, what it it's is. big that you win. The, otherwise, I, well, it just, I, this, it, is, this seems kind of made up. You're grasping it. No, no. I, I, he dominated I so thoroughly. I, but I don't have the same year. respect for him if he doesn't pick the Well, Super listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm leaning towards San Francisco for that reason. I get the hunch you guys are both leaning towards Kansas City. Yeah. Especially you, Michael. I know you're leaning towards Kansas City. Well, because I'm go- I would punish myself if I picked... The 49ers and, and Mahomes wins again. That's I the main won- thing. Oh, it's killed me. But so, so the last two weeks, I, I, I loved Buffalo against Kansas City. And then you guys remember at the last minute, I switched to the Ravens and said, I like the Ravens beat Kansas City. So now I'm going, I'm not going to be fooled again. I'm going Mahomes. But then I see that line and I go, but why is yeah. San Francisco favorite? And to your point about San Francisco being like the good guy or the, you know, let's end this Kansas City. It's, it's their sixth Super Bowl. It, the, so that's why I say that there's, there's a little lack of freshness. I mean, the 49ers in the Super Bowl is not a thing anymore. I mean, like we've seen Do that. Do you know how many sexy options there were? Staring us in the face. Yeah, but you know, Detroit, Detroit, you know, Detroit and Detroit's, Buffalo would have been beautiful. Detroit, yes. Baltimore would have been fun. But see, I don't, I don't get any kind of like interesting vibe from Baltimore. To me, they're kind of like a faceless team, other than Lamar. That's it. You're right. I will agree with you on this. Yeah, they're always there. Yeah, they always win. Right. The only storyline there would be Lamar's big moment. And now he goes from being on the precipice of this yeah. moment to now you're questioning, but is he the dude? Yeah, because right. if, if it was Ravens-Niners, we've, we've no. just seen that. We just saw that, too. But I think if you had Ravens-Lions, then that would be juicy. The Lions was, trying to win their first. Lamar trying to win his first. That would have been a sexy matchup. I would, here's what I would have loved. If I could redo the playoffs. You know, they say it's scripted. By the way, if it's scripted, they did a horrible job here. To end up landing here was a bad script. The NFL script writers need to redo it. You, had, you, had the, you want a sexy script option. They were staring that Detroit Green Bay championship game right in the face. Don, that would have been dead sexy. Then you get Detroit in the Super Bowl with their first chance to do it. And on, on, the, on the AFC side, yeah, the most interesting team who was recently eliminated would be Buffalo, right? That would have been the most interesting and appealing thing. Buffalo and Detroit both trying to climb that mountain and, would have been amazing. Now listen, I, I'm no fan, as you know, and you're not either. Go ahead. So I'm happy they didn't make it. But there would be a lot of buzz. If the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl. Oh. Just oh. because it's been so long. Yes. And they're so hated by people or so loved by people. That's the thing is that, that if, if, the, if it would have been the Cowboys versus Kansas oh, City. Don. Cowboys really versus anybody. Don, if, you, if, if I stood up right now 
you would see how much I love the idea that you just had. Cowboys Chiefs would have been <laughs> you take a game. You take a game. Wow. No, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not Drake the Snake, but it, you you take who is you yeah. take the no, apparently not many Le'Veon Bell. You you take the Cowboys and plug them in, in the instead of the 49ers. And even though I hate the Cowboys, the truth is, Don. At this point, I kind of hate the 49ers more. What's hateable about them? Because they're always there. I always find from a a, a team personality standpoint, they're boring. They're just consistently good. Uh, The Cowboys. And then I'd be rooting for the Chiefs. I'd have have something to really be invested in. All I'm looking forward to on Sunday is seeing if my friend Jeff makes a good seven-layer game. Here's the funny. I never really hated the 49ers because the Giants did get theirs against the 49ers like enough i mean they 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 beat they, they beat steve young they, they've beaten although they beat they beat montana and the young had to come into the game like they've had their shit that's a great rivalry but i feel like as a giant fan they had a few really good wins against the 49ers you know what bothers me about san francisco though is san francisco it just doesn't fit so you don't like the town? I love the town. Oh, oh. I don't ever remotely think about football when I'm there. It just, you know what? It, it's very, it's wine and cheese. It just, I don't know. There's just something very highbrow about them that uh, that always bothered no, me a little bit. I mean, it's kind of transitioned to high crime in the in the city. Well, it's both. Yeah. Well, that, I don't know. If it, you no, know. I don't know. You're not getting robbed and then given wine and cheese. Well, there's no, but that's. The, the, I think the fact that there's so much wine and cheese is also part of why there's so much crime. You Interesting. Know what I'm saying? No, I don't. I think. Well, there's it's a town of haves and have-nots. It's a very oh. small, super. I mean, it's San Francisco is such a crazy expensive place that and. The, the the parts that are bad about San Francisco jump out at you so much more than New York. I, I'm sorry. I know. I know. Because it's a smaller big town. I guess. I mean, you and I have our disagreements about where New York is, and I tend to think that New York is the, the badness of it has been a little bit overblown in the media. I'll tell you this. As a guy who many people would think would love San Francisco, you would think, people would think, right. I love San Francisco. And your mom and dad would raise you that way. they think right. that. And I like San Francisco. Culturally, it has a lot of awesome things. The Bay Area in general. We, Oakland always gets left out of the conversation. A different town. But the, the, the bad part of San Francisco is so in your face. Uh, like the second you walk out, you walk out of a nice restaurant and there's someone just dropping a deuce uh, on the street. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I uh, can't even argue uh, with that part. And it, I mean, it's real. The poor homeless people, I mean, some of them like have no clothes on and they're uh, laying no, on the floor. Well, and the drug part are so bad. Like, yeah. There's a danger... There's a dangerous feeling in San Francisco with um, with the pe- with homeless people that you just don't feel in New York I mean, in the same uh, way. You think there's a reason why the 49ers are not in San Francisco anymore? Yeah, everything's getting pulled out of that city. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, and listen, one of the major reasons why we don't go to the Super Bowl anymore is that other things are going on. Like it always felt like during Super Bowl week. What else are you going to talk about? But, hey, Porzingis got traded on Super Bowl week. The Knicks make a big trade here. There's other things that are – football is still king. There's no question. But don't you feel like there's other things going on, yes. other topics of conversation? I mean, if we were there, you'd be talking you – know, there'd be an ex-football player talking about the pens, undergarments, and stuff like that. It's, it's, and they just they just roll them through. And we used to have a good time there. But I'll tell a story about the show. It'll be in the book that Don and I eventually write. We used to always go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then when but do you, I write the forward of the book at least? I mean, I'm not a part of it at all. No, you'll be a big part of it. But, but I will not, Nothing be, to do with putting it together. I can't, be, even, I, can't no. even, I can't even. I can't even write a forward. I mean, there'll be no. a chapter about you. One chapter, and and you'll well, be thanked we'll at the end ends. of the book. We'll see how it ends. <laughs> but we decided one year we're not going to go. I forget what Super Bowl that was. The Porzingis one. Yeah. 
God, it's going to bother me now. 17, I think. All right, so anyway, we did the the show from the FanDuel place in the Meadowlands. Yes. And our competition at the time, Mike Francesa, he he loved going to Radio Row. New York. He and Chris had a big part of making Radio Row what it was. So he was there. And up in that point, Don would tell you, we were getting closer to him, but we just couldn't get over the hump. We were getting closer in the ratings, couldn't get over the hump. We didn't go to the Super Bowl. He did. The trade deadline happens. The Knicks trade Chris Stapps for Zingas, which was gigantic. At the time, if you weren't, if you were very young at the time or something, you'd, you'd be surprised how big a deal it was at that time. Right. But it was. The Porzingis story was a monster story. So Mike, being a veteran of Radio Row, refused to do his show about Porzingis. He had, you know, Tony Dorsett come by, talk about Colgate. He, I mean, he had all the guests lined up, and he did not do anything about Porzingis. Don and I did the whole show. I was and there, you, too. I'm sorry. Jesus. I, I forgot. He took me out of the whole story. All three of us did the entire show on Porzingis. Yes. And we had huge ratings that day, and that was the day that we we made the leap over him. So that's why we have a bad taste about even going to the Well, well also, there's such a beautiful part to that, too, which is us getting to tell management we don't want to do something and then it working out to our benefit. Always wonderful when that happens. And also... Telling management, well, you don't want to do something, which saves them thousands of dollars. They yeah. were all in. No, that, that was a big and They deal. didn't really fight that much. Yeah, so. I, I guess you're right about that. I will say this this year, I do miss, I do I do have some FOMO about, like, the restaurants and the camaraderie of seeing our colleagues and things like that. But as far as, you know, I, we would probably be, what, flying back tonight or tomorrow night? Yeah, we never stay. Don and I stay for the game. The, 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 the Giants the Patriots Giant first one, yeah. I'm not saying for, this wouldn't have been the game that I'm no. fighting to no. stay for. no. Most most of the people on Radio Row ended up leaving, and they, it's better to watch the game at home. I'm sorry, it is. It just is. Uh, I did go to the the last time they had a, a Super Bowl at Levi Stadium. I went to that. We were there, and said, that was when I, uh, yes. I ate the banana for the first time. That's right, wow. in San Francisco. What a day! And there wasn't there an awkward uh, lobby meeting with? Yes. Uh, yes. What was her name again from ESPN? She worked at ESPN at the time, and you went and introduced yourself. It was very awkward. Oh my in God. a lobby of the hotel, slobbering. Oh, who was that? Um, L. Lindsay, um, Lindsay Zarni. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! It, it was it, as my daughter would say, cringe. It was not. Cringe. It, it was cringe. Peter, I was there. It was uh, bad. Michael was not there. I told Michael. He told me, and he, I, I cringed, and I wasn't even there. I, 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 need I to felt bad for it. I, I was trying to drag you back. <laughs> I don't know why it was so bad. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it's something I don't think you could ever live down. Wait, worse than the Benanti call, Don? Come on, Benanti. Benanti uh, was next level. <laughs> so it was worse than... Yes, uh, but oh, yeah. he's saying Benanti's yeah. the new standard. No, no, if Benanti was sitting next to me, I, I could understand. You know, it was over the phone. He's, I, listen, don't don't fight hey, back. I, I made it, I, I saved myself by bringing you up. Let me get out of it. <laughs> yeah. You, you forgot I mean, he existed you know, just I mean, a moment no, ago. No, 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 no offense to Lindsay at all. You know, Benanti's sporting a Tony. I, I love the Zarniak. <laughs> Okay. We got to get to Lou Lamorello, okay? Yeah. Lou Lamorello is going to be here with us on set. He's actually waiting yeah, right don't now. Leave him waiting. So let's let's do it. We'll come back. We'll take a uh, a quick break. Peter is going to actually tell us about FanDuel. Of course, I am. And then when we come back, Lou Lamorello of the Honor is going to join us right now. Legend, Hall of Famer, the whole deal. He'll be with us. But first, Peter has this to tell you. 
Well, guys, as you've heard us talking about, I don't know if you're aware, uh, Super Bowl 58 is going to go on ahead and go down this weekend. And there are so many different options to play with at FanDuel Sportsbook when it comes to the Super Bowl. Maybe you're looking for a same-game parlay. Maybe you want to come up with your own. Or maybe you want to go find a popular SGP on the FanDuel app. You can do it so many different ways. Maybe you just want to play straight winner or parlay, point spread. Maybe you're all about Props, who scores first, how long is the anthem? It's all there for you to play with on FanDuel Sportsbook, all right? So head over right now to FanDuel.com slash Peter, all right? If you don't already have an account, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL, 21 and over, and physically present in New York. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Max refund, five bucks, unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com for help with a gambling problem. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text open wide four six seven three six nine. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hey, buddy! Hey, catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome back to the Michael K Show. Coming to you live from UBS Arena, where tonight the Islanders against the Lightning, and you know, we get the the chance to talk to the legend Lou Lamorello, the president of hockey operations here on the island, and he joins us on set. And uh, Lou, good to see you. How you doing? Very well, Michael. And first of all, thank you, fellas, for doing this. This is great. Oh, oh, it's our pleasure. We love the place, and we love coming here. Second time we've done it. So what do you think of your team right now? Right now, outside looking in on the playoffs, how do you feel about your team? I feel very good about us, uh, but we have to do it on the ice, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're in a position where we determine our own destiny. So that's all you want. Uh, and certainly, you know, we made a change, and it takes just a little bit of time for the adjustment. Uh, of the players to that uh, but they're adjusting well I'm pleased with the way things are going so you know here we are well, let's start there with uh, Patrick Waugh it's the fourth time you've hired a coach that came from the Montreal Canadiens pedigree other than they're winning what, what is it about Montreal that that you like in the coaches that you hire you know, Don, that question has been asked several times recently, and I have to think back because I don't think it had anything to do because of Montreal. It had to do with who the coach was available at that time with the type of team we had. Uh, certainly, the coaches that we've had, you said four, and Jacques Lemaire, mm-hmm. uh, at that given time, uh, I thought we had a team that was capable of winning, uh, and that was when the era came of uh, players coming from Europe, coming from college. Oh, they were all over, junior. And Jock was the coach out there that had coached in all those areas. He coached in Europe. He was an assistant coach in Plattsburgh, believe it or not. Yeah. He coached junior. And, of course, when he coached the Canadians, they wanted him to go back, and it wasn't what he wanted to do. Uh, and we had to do a little bit of a sales pitch to get him to come to New Jersey because he really didn't want to. And then Larry Robinson comes in as, as his assistant. Uh, and we had decided to make a change, and he was the perfect coach knowing the players at that time, and we felt that team was capable of winning. And then we had slipped a little, uh, and then we needed a a, a tough coach, a coach that uh, could be a good bench coach because we had the players, but somebody who had to get our players accountable at that time, and Pat Burns was available. He actually Mm -hmm. wasn't coaching. So it was timing at that time, and similar right now with uh, Patrick. Uh, I thought we needed a certain type of coach, someone with tremendous enthusiasm and also details. Uh, He did a tremendous job uh, with the junior team. 
and the conversations that I had had with him, not only in the past, but recently, you know, gave me the feeling that he was the right guy. And uh, uh, I'm really pleased with that we made that decision. What can you say about Patrick's uh, demeanor as a coach? And generally, what sort of split do you look for between bench coach strategy and sort of locker room leader personality? Well, I think you'd like all of the above. Of course. <laughs> uh, I think that what Patrick brings right off the bat is passion. Uh, his competitiveness, I think, is known by all. Uh, but his teaching skills are, are exceptional. Mm. You know, and I, I relate to another coach that uh, had to make a similar decision back in my days in college, uh, like Rick Pitino. Mm. Rick was that type of person at that given time. You, we needed a recruiter there, uh, but I didn't realize how well he could coach at that given time. He was actually assistant at the Knicks, if you remember, yeah. uh, with Hubie Brown. And uh, it, so, you know, you make these decisions. But Patrick uh, is the full package right now. Uh, he's a teacher. He's a coach. And what I, he has is something he still has that passion burning in him. It's interesting. We're talking with Lou Lamorello here on the Michael K Show. So I've read all these stories about Patrick. You know, he was a coach in the NHL, and then he kind of disappeared. Nobody would take a chance on him. And I keep reading, Lou Lamorello is the one guy with the innards to actually take a chance on this guy. Did you feel you were taking a chance? And why didn't anybody else touch a guy who was successful in his previous stint? That's a great question. Uh, I didn't feel we were taking a chance. Uh, uh, I think what happened back when he left Colorado, there were some situations that uh, maybe didn't work out well. And I think that people thought that he wanted total control. Uh, that's the impression I got. And mm-hmm. I don't think he did. I think it was just the nature of the combination. Uh, Joe Sackick, uh, who was the general manager at that time, they played together. It was their first team together. And so that, you know, at that given time, they were probably both doing a lot of everything. And then things maybe didn't go the way they liked. And then they thought that maybe it was because of Patrick. Uh, uh, But as I said, in my conversations with him, uh, I had no indication whatsoever that I would be taking a chance. Also, he was thought of back then, and even when he went to the juniors, as very volatile, very demanding. Has he changed, or do you want that? Well, I'd have to say we haven't seen that, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, extremely demanding, uh, what to a positive, okay. not to a negative, to a positive. Uh, uh, when a coach wants uh, details out of players, uh, you know, on a consistent basis and not cheating the game, uh, to me that's an extremely positive thing. And that's what happens with coaching at time. Uh, it, there's a slippage, mm-hmm. and it's trying to get that slippage before it happens. Uh, so I, I haven't seen it, but uh, if it's necessary to be volatile for the right reasons, uh, then I accept right. it. Now, so much has changed since you came you know, to the Devils in 87, but how about the players? Are they any more or less coachable? Are they different than they were when you were first drafting players and coaching players back in the day? I haven't found that. I think it's uh, all about what you allow to have happen. And uh, I think that if a player doesn't understand that the – logo in the front is more important than the name they shouldn't be on a team that I want to be a part of and I've been very fortunate to have players who come to play as a team and want to win and there's only one way to address it if it's the wrong player you know it's it's funny Lou because throughout sports now when people are choosing managers or coaches they don't want the disciplinarian players have egos they don't want to be 
coached a lot. They want to be told how great they are, not how bad they are. Is that spilling over into hockey, in, in, in your opinion? I don't think so. Um, and I follow, as you know, I'm close to baseball yep. and follow all sports. I think that uh, different teams need different managers or coaching, depending upon, you know, in baseball we've got manager and hockey we've got coach. I, I think that you can go to history that uh, there are some managers who need a young team who are teachers. And then there are managers who need a veteran team who can turn their head and maybe for example a manager going out to the mound and deciding he wants to take a pitcher out and maybe gets talked out of it well a mature manager and somebody who's been in it can accept that i think a a young manager just starting feels it's a challenge to him so i think it depends upon the individual and the team you have and i think we saw that in the world series you know some of the decisions that were made and you know happened i think that for example, you know, one of my favorite people and a great friend, Joe Torrey, I think that, you know, with a veteran team, Joe is perfect. You have the luxury of getting to see and, and, and win championships with Marty Brodeur. What do you see in Ilya Sorokin? Do you see the potential of greatness in him? Yeah, they have a lot of similarities as far as their demeanor and composure. And I think the most important thing about them is the players want to play in front of them. Uh, they'll never blame anybody for anything. If anything, they'll just look in the mirror. Uh, and their, their competitiveness and also their preparation, uh, their practice habits, uh, all of the above. And we're fortunate we've got two like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volomov is, yeah. is the same. And, you know, I think it's, it's great to have Patrick here, too, with the type of goalies we have. We have an excellent uh, goaltending coaching staff. So all of that, and, you know, the most important guy in the team is the goaltender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Following up on that, you know, for example, this week we're talking a lot about the Rangers goaltender situation with Shesterkin and Quick and what's happening there. It made me think of quarterbacks, you know, like when you have a backup quarterback and a backup quarterback comes in and all of a sudden gets a hot hand, it can create a lot of questions. How do you handle situations like that with goaltenders? And do you have to approach it in the same way where if a backup goaltender plays too well, it can almost put extra pressure on your starting goalie and then you have a problem you didn't anticipate on having. I'd love to have that problem. <laughs> but is it still a problem? Everyone says that, but as Michael always says, it can still be a problem. No? It, it depends upon the character of the people that you have. I think that uh, if the, the, they know if they're playing well and they're not. And if they're a team person, they know that. But also, if you have a number one goaltender and say a number two, mm. uh, they say two A's or one A's and one B's, whatever it might be, uh, they know who that is. And if they're not going well, sometimes the rest is good for them. Uh, but uh, I, I don't see that as a, as a problem. I think the most important thing uh, when you have a number one goaltender is the character of your number two goaltender. Mm. And the support end of it as far as how he and where he's at in his career. And, you know, the words, is he right. not playing enough? So that, to me, is the most important thing, not, not the uh, other part. And then and that's maybe one of the biggest changes, right, Lou? I mean, when Marty would play 75 games. I remember Grant Fuhr played 78 games one season. Now I, I, your backup's expected to play north of sometimes 25 games. So it does open the door for the backup to maybe outplay the starter in moments like that. Absolutely. And the reason for that is the schedule. The schedule is so condensed now. Uh, I sometimes wonder if we have more days off than we have uh, playing dates because of, you know, every year something new is happening. Uh, you have to give more days off, and you need 
and the games are three and five. We've got you know this coming up this weekend, three and five, mm-hmm. three and four really, yeah. and then four and seven. So you need you need a goaltender played a minimum. 20 games. You know, I was thinking about asking you this because, you know, obviously you're a legend in, in, you know, in front office, you're in the Hall of Fame, and you did mention that you're a big baseball fan. Do you like analytics or not? Do you think it's ruining sports or not? Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of analytics to the point, okay? Uh, when analytics can measure that somebody, the size of somebody's heart and somebody's DNA when it comes down to, you know, three and two and, uh, it's the ninth inning, and there's two outs, and the hit depends upon winning something. Mm-hmm. You, who do you want in that batter's box? And same thing in hockey. But what it does give you, it gives you an indication of a trend. And I think if you look at it that way, uh, but what I read in baseball and, and what I read in the paper the other day by one of the former managers that somebody's calling down and saying the load is too heavy, uh, that's yeah, out of Bob my Shaw league. Walter said that, yeah. yeah. That's out of my league. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even understand and accept that. And it happens a lot. It really does. And, you know, lineups are made out for managers, too. And, you know, there almost has to be a separation of state. And, and you know, it, there's a front office job. And then there's down there. Because Joe Torrey, who you mentioned, once told me, he said, I had analytics tell me we should take out Der- David Cohn and bring in this guy from the bullpen in this spot. And I said, I know that David Cohn would kill a small woodlands animal to get an out. <laughs> I don't know what the other guy would. And, you know, it's, it's the heart that's not measured. Exactly. And. While I'm in the position I'm in, uh, that, in my opinion, that will never happen, and none of our coaches will have that put on them because I just don't believe to that degree. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I go back to Red Orbach. I think he was the one who came out with the statement. Uh, and I think they did analytics in, a, in the best way, if you recall, with Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. I mean, Bill thought that if he could get Chamberlain to score – 60 or 70, the rest of the guys playing with them wouldn't score. <laughs> so, to me, that's analytics. Right. And it worked. Uh, how much longer do you want to do this? I, I think Michael asked me that. Uh, well, you have a good memory. He, I did, yeah. He asked me that, and I said, I, I turned it around. How long do you want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what makes it still fun for you? The competitiveness. Yeah. Yeah, the, the aspect of having an opportunity to win. There's nothing like winning. There's nothing like competing, and to me, that's that's what it that's what drives you. And as long as your health is good and you feel good, and you're working with you know people, the great people, we've got a great ownership here. They've been tremendous as far as the support end of it, and you know we're allowed to do what's necessary to win. How important is it for you and this team to make the playoffs this year? To me, it's always important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't uh, I don't think there's anything second to it. I, I think they uh, that's the commitment that's what you want uh as far as saying what the importance is i mean if there is a team that that isn't important to i don't know how they're thinking is there something specific that has to happen for you guys right now you're four points out to actually make the playoffs win win (laughs) i I don't know any other word (laughs) so uh, are you looking forward to the stadium series Right now, I'm just focused on the, you know, these games coming up, to be quite frankly. But uh, I think our players are. You know, I've been in two, uh, one at Yankee Stadium and one in Toronto. And uh, it's tremendous for the fans. It's, and the players, the way it, you know, you're able to get your families out there and skate a couple of days before. And it's something that's an experience uh, that, you know, only comes a couple of times in a mm-hmm. lifetime. Some won, some so. You know, I think it's great. I think it's uh, fantastic, uh, especially a little nostalgia going back to the Meadowlands and, you know, uh, you know, the stadium there. 
and 60,000, 70,000 people, it should be fun. You had dealings with George Steinbrenner. Tell us what was, that was like. I loved it. I had probably as good a relationship as you could possibly have. Uh, mm-hmm. He was tremendous to me uh, from day one. I, I can remember our, our first meeting, and until the day he passed, the, there was a relationship and a friendship, I thought, that was built. Uh, anytime we went into Tampa to pay, play and he was in town, we went to breakfast, went to lunch, and, uh, you know, a relationship started, and uh, I still feel very close to the Yankees. Well, Lou, thank you for dropping yes, by. We so really appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Lou Lamorello, president of Hockey Operations, here with the New York Islanders. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger win for Super Bowl 58. String together multiple bets from the big game for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Niners, Chiefs, over under money line spread the choice is yours download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use code empire new customers can bet five bucks to get 200 dollars instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of super bowl 58 with code empire the crown is yours you must be 21 plus physically present in new york bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms gambling problem call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369 thanks for listening to the michael k show podcast well, that's awesome looking for more access to the show that's right man check us out on facebook instagram and twitter at tmks espn Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, at 5 o'clock, we're going to do a little something funky. We're going to talk to uh, the Yankee manager, Aaron Boone. Why is that funky? Because, you know, spring training starts. Pitchers and catchers on the 14th. He's going to talk to the assembled media on Tuesday. But we want to scoop them. So we're yeah, going to talk to, the old, yeah, we're going to, talk to Aaron tell Boone. We've got to get his pick, too. That's, r- that's right. And I have some breaking news. I didn't even tell you this. Okay. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock. On the show to break down the Super Bowl. Ooh. Steve Young. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Who better? Back and better than ever. Former Niner. Look at that. Look at that. And he's supposedly been talking a lot with Brock Purdy. Has a relationship with him. So well, we'll talk to our good And buddy. he had a big sit down with uh, Tom Brady yesterday, yes, he too. Did. Yes, he yeah. did. Look at you. Right now, though, <laughs> we get a chance to talk to Islander legend Bobby Nystrom. He joins us here on the show. How you doing? I'm doing very well. You know, last I'm time we not were not here, used we to this cold weather, though. Yeah, we were here. We we talked with you last time when they gave out your bobblehead. Yeah, exactly right. I still got a whole bunch of them. Yeah, <laughs> sell them on eBay. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this Islander team right now? Well, you know, I think that. Uh, I mean, I don't want to knock any coaches, but I think the coaching change was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems, you know, the the one thing that I really look at is the, you know, for a team to lose that many overtimes, right. There's something going on there that's just not right. Uh, I mean, 17. Uh, I mean, if they won eight of those, they'd Different be right story. in the run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no question about it. Uh, is it? It's hard to put a finger on it, right? Because I'm wondering, how much do you get a chance to practice three on three? I mean, it's so much different over time than, than the previous 60 minutes. So how, how much time can you really work on it? Well, I think that that's really unfair, you know, in the fact that, you, you, you're playing the whole game with five guys on the ice, and okay, so the top three guys go out there, 
I mean, there's guys sitting on the bench that, you know, could possibly score the goal. But I, I think that they're going back to either four on four or even five on five. It, it just seems a fair, you know, platform. How um, jarring is it for a player to have a coaching change midseason? You know, I, I, I think that uh, it, it's always tough. Uh, you know, you hate to go. You hate to see someone go. But, again, I think that Wa is going to come in here and kind of crack the whip a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very necessary. What about uh, – we, we were talking about it earlier today with the NBA trade deadline and the, right? the Knicks losing a locker room guy. What about when you lose a real locker room guy, even if it's not the, the best player on the ice, but someone who really contributes to the camaraderie? What's it like when you show up and they're gone? Well, I, I think that in that particular case, I, I think that uh, there's a little bit of a different handling of that person. You know, if, if he's young, okay, fine, I, I can understand. But if it's one of the older players, usually they can maybe move him into a coaching position. Um, you know, so many of these older players are, are they're, they're, they're able to motivate people. You know what I mean? They do it on the ice. So uh, I, I, I think... It passes. Everything passes. We we just had Lou on, and you know, I asked him about Wah bringing a guy in who, you know, volatile, maybe a little bit of a disciplinarian. Yeah. With other sports, I don't know if it's hit hockey yet. Players don't like that. I mean, they 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 want to be told how great they are. They want to be stroked. They want to. I mean, do yeah. you think that some players would be adverse to that, especially younger guys? Well, I I think that he's got to kind of uh, figure out which guys are which, you know? Like, I mean, Al used to come in and, and he'd go right at Denny and he'd go at Bossy and he'd go at Trotje. And so we're sitting there and we're saying, holy cow, he's giving these people, right. you know, we better get our rear ends going. Right. And I think that if he's a, a motivator, he'll he'll pick out his crew that he's going to go after. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe, some of these guys watched him win cups. Uh, yeah. Is that something to have to go, not only is he your coach, he's Patrick Waugh. Yeah. So you got to get over the awe of that. But I guess you're, there's going to be that instant credibility and instant respect because of what he's been able to accomplish. Well, just from what I've heard, I, I hear he's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that right now, the team needs needs that you know i mean the fact is that they've again lost those games in the third period lost games in the overtime uh someone's got to come in and fix that whole situation yeah when you know you you sat down you were joking about your your golf game <laughs> and it's funny so many ex-athletes i mean when their career is over they they become so immersed in golf does it give you anything close to what you had on the ice no, I'm, I'm an activity guy. I'm an avid mountain biker, biker, mm-hmm. tennis player. I mean, I, I really like that, that action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I would actually go out with my wife, and she'd drive the cart, and I would run beside her, and then I'd hit my shot and then run to the next shot. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I, but, you know, I, I think that it's hard for me to just kind of sit down and relax. You know, I'm kind of intense in that respect. Does anything give you that buzz that you had as a professional athlete? Um, no, you know what? I, I'm playing in, you know, sometimes team sports with tennis and things like that. But, no, with our team, we, we just had a special relationship. And, right. you know, that's the one thing that you really miss. And we just had a reunion just recently. And, it's just so great to get back together with the boys and talk, you know, hockey and 
and laugh at the same joke. So I, I, I think that I'm more in that. It, it's funny. when I, Every year, old-timers say at Yankee Stadium, it's like their conversation picked up from 30 years ago. Is that the same thing with you guys? No question about it. I mean, the fact is that we tell the same jokes. <laughs> I mean, we tell the same stories. Maybe it's because we're old and we can't remember. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have to say that uh, we laugh at the same jokes. Oh, that's great. And, and do, you, do you realize when your career is winding down, were you able to sort of slow down, take a look, and have a season or two where you appreciated it? Or did it sort of come at you quick and you're like oh my god this thing's over I, i'll never yeah. be the, doing this again i i would say that it uh for me it, it it came in the last couple of years i didn't play very much and you know i i i, I mean my career ended by the fact that i got hit in the eye with a stick and as much as it was bad it was good because it ended my career you didn't have the cho- you didn't have to make I, a I choice did. i didn't i and i i think that that's one of the things that Hey, listen, I, I, I'm a little disturbed about, the, you know, the eye, but I want out. 19 straight series wins. Can it ever happen again? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I, I think that it's the game is so competitive right now and the teams are so even that I don't think that uh, anyone could do it. Bobby, it's always great talking with you. Thank you well, so much you know for what? dropping it's a by. Pleasure. Now, really now it's a, a tradition. Pleasure. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Now this is what we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've got a couple of presents for you, you got guys. Presents? Got, oh, we and, love and, presents. And, and this one's got the C on it. So really? You, oh, you're giving me guys the C. Exactly oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? And here's one for you. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. And this... Here's another one. This is oh, stadium series. Yes, oh, this is the stadium oh, series. And they're warm, too. I was out the other day, you know, like for the event outside i put one of these on it's phenomenal oh these are so cool oh, man thank you so much that's so nice of you. Little, my pleasure I little do you know it. how bad a captain michael would be of a team he'd be talking to the press every day <laughs> oh i'd be the guy anonymous stuff. leaks yeah, yeah. all coming oh from yeah me. bad team <laughs> all right i'll give you my number thank you Bobby. <laughs> thank you aaron thank boone's going to join us in just a moment hey to score a touchdown everything needs to line up perfectly no different than finding the person you want to marry when the time comes to propose well do what i did visit the engagement experts at london jewelers they'll make shopping for a ring easy let them help you pick or design the perfect ring to fit any budget from their two by london collection london jewelers is committed to getting it just right so visit london jewelers today any of their seven locations including the newest location of the mall at short hills mention i told you to stop by you'll get the michael k treatment well, listen up. It's Michael K. When it comes to travel, nothing beats Legends Limousine. I felt the difference, and let me tell you, it's real. When my family and I need a ride to the airport or out of town, we choose Legends. Their commitment to safety makes every trip a breeze. These guys are not just any service. They've been setting the gold standard for over 30 years. I trust them, and so should you. Call 1-888-LEGENDS. That's 1-888-534-3637. Again, 1-888-534-3637. And use the code ESPN10, ESPN the number 10, the snag 10 percent off travel like a legend with legends limousine thanks for listening to the michael k show podcast hear more of michael don and peter live weekday afternoon starting at three on 98.7 espn in new york the espn app the TuneIn app or on your smart speaker hey alexa play 98.7 espn